When I was an intern, I heard Dr. Gary Cunningham say these words, and and it never left me because it kind of stunned me, the reality of what he was saying. Dr. Cunningham was then, and still remains to this day, the distinguished professor of obstetrics and pillar of maternal fetal medicine at UT Southwestern and Parkland Hospital. But I remember him saying, labor is the only time in medicine when pain is allowed to continue unabated. That's a powerful statement. I mean, thankfully, we have neuroaxial anesthesia, which is the most common and the most effective way of eliminating pain in labor should the patient desire that. But in 2020, out of JAMA Pediatrics, a publication came out that kind of shook pain control in the obstetrics world. And it really, well, pardon my words, really pissed off a lot of people because this 2020 publication claimed that there was an association between labor epidural use and the subsequent development of childhood autism. Well, you can imagine the backlash from that. This prompted the American Society of Anesthesiologists that same year in 2020 to issue a rebuttal saying, no, they don't. (laughs) But of course, naysayers and critics of medicine will say, well, of course, the American Society of Anesthesia is going to say that because that's their livelihood. I get that. That makes total sense. But who's telling the truth here? I mean, was that study really onto something? Or was the ASA really trying to defend a valid and safe option for pain relief intrapartum? Well, in February 2023, there's a new publication coming out in the Gray Journal, that's the American Journal of OBGYN, which is the largest to date. I'm talking 4.5 million people. Well, like, how do you study 4.5 million people? Easy. You take data from three different countries and then you combine them together. And this new publication is the final nail in the coffin putting this debate to rest because it shouldn't have been a debate to begin with. First of all, there's no plausibility. There's no biological mechanism of how an intrapartum epidural alone compared to all of the other factors that could lead to autism spectrum or hyperactivity disorder in the child, how that one factor of the epidural could lead to autism. But now this study now is the ammunition, now provides the evidence that no labor epidurals in labor do not cause autism or hyperactivity in the child. So I'm going to lay out and summarize this article now for us because in case your patient ever asks you, hey, what do you think about the epidural autism link? You can confidently say, well, the American Society of Anesthesiologists says no, there's no link. And a new study that just came out February 2023 also adds credence to that very statement. So let's talk about this new publication coming out in the Gray Journal right now. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Labor epidural analgesia is commonly used worldwide to provide pain relief to women in labor and in general is considered very safe and effective. The cohort study that we referenced in the intro was of nearly 148,000 children in the U.S. where the authors reported that those who had labor epidural analgesia exposure faced up to a 37% increased risk of autism spectrum disorder. Now, they were very clear in that publication not to say causation, but they gave that key word there, association. But critics quickly sprang up as soon as this publication went to print. Some of the critics were patient advocacy groups. ACOG, the American Society of Anesthesiologists, and even SMFM were quick to defend labor epidurals, calling to mind a lot of the limitations of this study. They had questions and criticisms also about the methods used to collect data, and they also stated there was a lack of any biological plausibility for this proposed association. One of the main limitations and criticisms thrown out against that study was that, as with all observational studies, if confounding variables are not appropriately accounted for and adjusted for, then it's going to throw off your results. And specifically talking about neurodevelopmental issues like attention deficit or autism spectrum, the biggest thing to account for are genetics and environment. Specifically talking about autism spectrum disorder or ASD, previous twin and family-based pedigree studies have consistently found that genetic influences account for about 80% of the individual risk in ASD development. 80%. So if you don't account for genetics and environment, the results of any observational study are going to be thrown off and biased. This study from February 2023 is not the first one to take this possible association between labor epidural and autism and account for genetic factors. Actually, there are four other publications that have looked at that and have accounted for these things correctly. These came from Canada and Denmark, and they use genetic stratification and family lineage and pedigree analysis to try to evaluate the influence of genetics and environment on the autism development in children. And all of those studies failed to find the association between labor epidurals and autism. And while that's good, those studies lack sufficient power to definitely exclude any small chance of causation. Well, this is where this new study comes in. To address those limitations in that previous research and to assess the long-term safety of labor epidural analgesia in relation to ASD risk, the authors used nationwide registers from three Nordic countries. Finland, Norway, and Sweden. They did this to examine any possible association between labor epidural analgesia and the subsequent risk of offspring in the development of ASD. This happened across 4.5 million singleton pregnancies. But these authors didn't just stop with ASD. They also sought to investigate attention deficit hyperactivity disorder because it's much more prevalent in terms of neurodevelopmental issues compared to ASD. Okay, so here's what they did. They identified all singleton children born in Finland from 1987 to 2005, Norway between 1999 to 2015, and Sweden from 1987 to 2011, and they used a population-wide medical birth register for each country. This registry also provided information on labor epidural use, offspring gestational age at birth, mode of delivery, and maternal age at delivery. These cohorts 
were then followed from birth until they either developed the outcome of interest or they left the country, they died, or they reached the end of the follow-up period, which was a median age of around 13 to 16 years. All right, podcast family, when we come back, we're going to take a look at the results because this is a prime example of how news outlets trying to get likes and clicks can actually distort some of the results because the pooled population data looks pretty darn scary. But once you adjust for confounders, the results actually paint a different picture. So we're going to go over this finding. All right, podcast family, when we come back, let's take a look at the results because this is a prime example of how news media and news stories take part of the data, part of the results, and then put it out there for likes and clicks because the pooled aggregate data honestly looks kind of scary here. But once you adjust appropriately for confounders, the results show a different picture. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Don't you just love what some news outlets do? I mean, they take a little snippet of an article without giving the whole story and put that as the top headline. For example, after pooled estimates across three countries, we found that labor epidural analgesia was associated with an approximately 12% increased risk of autism spectrum disorder and a 20% increased risk of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Well, that's right out of the paper. It's exactly what they found. But those were pooled estimates. At a population level, when you just pool things together, the numbers can look kind of scary because it puts everything together without adjusting for confounders. However, when you take a look at the unmeasured familial confounders like genetic risks and early life environment, it paints a different picture. You see, once those analyses are done and you actually account for those unmeasured familial confounders, the new hazard ratios look entirely different. Once you do that, the author stated, quote, We found that those exposed to labor epidural analgesia were no more likely than their unexposed siblings to be diagnosed with either ASD or attention deficit hyperactivity, end quote. As the authors put their results in context, they go on to say, quote, We found that the association between labor epidural analgesia and offspring risks for ASD and ADHD were entirely attenuated. For those who don't speak medical language, entirely attenuated means completely gone. Once we accounted for unmeasured familial confounders, namely genetic and early life environmental influences. This was done between biological full siblings who were differentially exposed to labor epidural analgesia. Differentially exposed means one child had it and the subsequent child didn't or vice versa. All right, podcast families, we get ready to wrap up this episode. Here's the clinical implications as stated by these authors. These findings suggest that the recommendation in the current clinical guidelines of informing and complying with the request of pregnant women for labor epidural analgesia does not need to be revised, as we have demonstrated that the risks of offspring developing ASD or ADHD as a result of this exposure are negligible, if anything, and they are not clinically significant. This study is the largest to date to look at labor epidural use and the subsequent possible development between ASD and ADHD. 
And again, labor epidurals have been vindicated. There is no plausible biological reason why those two would be linked. And this study of close to 4.5 million women states there is no casual association at all. So yes, labor epidurals are safe for patients who desire that type of intrapartum pain relief. All right, podcast family, as we just stated in the intro, this will come out in the American Journal of OBGYN in February 2023. As always, we're thankful for you, and we're glad you're part of our podcast family. We'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.